With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning. We are live on the Falcons podcast. We're live on Facebook and YouTube. Appreciate you joining me this morning. My name is Scott Kennedy. I'll be your host. Nick may or may not be joining us. I told him I'm going on New Year's Day. I'll send you the link. It's up to you if you want to come or not. Uh, he's in Seattle. So, you know, it's 6 a.m. on New Year's Day. That's that's rough for non-drinkers uh, like me, let alone someone that, you know, actually is in their 30s and might be social. Hell, I was in bed watching a movie at 9.30 last night. So me being here with y'all isn't that hard on the East Coast. So good morning, everyone. Uh, looking forward to talking some Falcons football, talking some Arthur Smith. We want to talk some quarterbacks. We want to talk some Chicago Bears. And one of the big reasons we do this live on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on these channels is so we can have the conversation with y'all, especially the day after a game like that, and all of the things that it may mean. So I've seen some likes already come in. Harry Marshall Wood on Facebook doing that. I appreciate it, my friend. If you haven't already, hit that like button and the subscribe if you are here for the first time, which we will probably have some first-time viewers because, hey, we're off today. It's a, it's, a, it's a holiday. It's a football holiday, and we can watch some football getting ready for the bowl games, playoffs, playoffs, uh, whatever you might be watching today. But I want to say hello to some folks who are in here nice and early. Like Russell Webster came in. He says, well, I bet all those Falcons fans said they don't that, that they don't want Justin Fields might be changing their minds after that. Um, maybe because, I mean, there's still going to be detractors. I mean, the very next comment from Stephen B was still not convinced fields would be great for the Falcons. Maybe he would, or maybe he'd be another Falcons letdown. Um, I want to try and add some levity to this conversation and just some, I don't want to say perspective, just some different thoughts on the conversation of Justin Fields in Atlanta. Now is Justin Fields the answer? Two, what ails the Atlanta Falcons, assuming you already are going to move on from Arthur Smith? Maybe. There, I don't think there is a yes or no in that. I, maybe. So you asked me, if I asked different questions. Would Justin Fields be better than what you have at quarterback right now? So what would it cost you to get him if you answered yes? I think most people would probably answer yes. He's better than Taylor Heineke. He's better than Desmond Ritter. 
So what would it cost to get Justin Fields? It's looking like it's going to be a little bit more expensive as the season goes on and as the Chicago Bears start winning as they are putting together a team. What is it? What can you, how expensive would it be to get him? Because yes, he makes the Falcons better. I don't think there's any, there's no question in my mind. How much better? I have questions. He still has some accuracy issues. He is a phenomenal talent, but you know, you see some of the ones, some of the frustrating throws that have plagued him in the past, even in a good game like they had against the Atlanta Falcons. And you see him struggle under pressure. Not everybody is going to be as nice to the quarterback as the Atlanta Falcons are uh, with a four-man rush. So yeah, there's questions. But yeah, he would be better than what the Falcons have. So what would it cost you? Okay, second rounder. Let's say you could get him for a second rounder. Let's just, for the sake of argument, say you can get him for a second rounder. What else could I get for a second rounder? What do would I have better options than Justin Fields with a second round pick? Let's say Washington's Michael Penix, who is just one year younger than Justin Fields. He's just happened to be in college this whole time. He's 13 months younger, I think. Uh, maybe 11. I get him confused because Bo Nix, you might be able to get him with a second year. Those two guys are 14 months and 11 months younger. I forget who's who. Then Justin Fields. Justin Fields just happens to have been playing for the Chicago Bears for the last three years while those other two are in college. They're one year apart in age. One, would I rather have Justin Fields and his contract coming up, which will pay him about $20 million for his fifth-year option and a second-round pick? Or would I rather take a chance on double ACL'd Michael Penix, Bonix, who has shown flashes and has also shown most people in the Southeastern Conference that they probably don't want him. Or could I get somebody else? Or would I want to trade three first-round picks to get up into the top three to get Jaden Daniels, Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams? Or would I rather get a first-round pick, maybe, or a, a second change for Kyler Murray? All those are questions that have to be asked. All those questions have to be answered. I think the answer to the question, does Justin Fields make this Falcons team better? I think the answer is yes. The other question that doesn't really matter anymore is would this team, it's just fun for hindsight, that's what we do here. Would Justin Fields have been a better pick for the Atlanta Falcons than Kyle Pitts? Does Justin Fields help you win more games than Kyle Pitts has in the first three years? The answer for me to that one is still yes. Now, depending on how you feel about Justin Fields in the future and depending on how you feel about Kyle Pitts in the future, Kyle Pitts still has a future in this league, you would think, a long future in this league, 10 years or so, where there's still big questions on Justin Fields. So the long-term value, I think, the first three years, the answer is Justin Fields. The next 10 years, that story is still to be written. Uh, Todd coming in, he says, question, why was Smith hired? He handed the ball off to Derrick Henry in Tennessee. That was his offense, another bad hire. A man not ready to be a head coach and not mature with the media. Um, I think the main reason you you that he got is because the offense was good, yes, but what he did with Ryan, the success that Ryan Tannehill had between Miami and Tennessee, I think is the main reason. You're like, okay, we've seen what happened here. Can we have that same sort of success at quarterback with the strong running game, with the play action uh, call, with the overall structure of this offense? Can we replicate what they did in Tennessee? Derrick Henry is pretty special. 
AJ Brown, as what you call is is pretty tough, uh, is a is a really good number one receiver. Uh, the quarterback has not been the equivalent of of uh, of uh, Tanny Hill. Matt Ryan was a better quarterback than Tanny Hill, but Ryan was thirty six years old when um, when the Falcons when Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot took the job and decided to pass on Justin Fields at number four or anyone else for that matter, moving forward and decided to roll the dice in year three with Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter, which could cost some people their jobs this year. Um, it could cost some people their jobs. We'll get into that as well. Um, Michael Ranquillo, good morning. He's in Tucson up here early with us, bright and early out in Arizona. So thanks for getting up with us this morning, Michael. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast of 2024. The first one, that's right. Happy New Year, Scott and Nick. Nick might show up here. He might not. We've got this covered. If not, if he's not here, it means we can go a little longer because that means we're not doing Broncos at uh, at, at 930. <laughs> so uh, this is for me, everybody. Good morning. Happy New Year. Uh, just like I said, just a reminder, uh, I see the likes and, and stuff coming in on uh, on Facebook. Make sure you're hitting that on. Y'all do a really good job on YouTube as well. John Harrell's in here nice and early. Happy New Year, Scott and the Falcons family. That's all y'all. Red Swarm, he's here as well. Happy New Year, Scott, and to all of you faithful viewers that are here this morning. Yeah, I hope everybody had a nice safe, and if you are up this early, I hope you were able to sleep. Fireworks woke me up a little bit, but not too bad. I, I'm getting to be a better sleeper in my old age. Roderick says, Happy New Year, everyone. Right back at you, Roderick. And he says, the Ravens are on fire, by the way. Yes, they are. Um, this just feels... I know we saw the game last week with the 49ers and Ravens. A regular season game doesn't mean nearly as much to me as, well, I mean, here's the statement of the year, Scott. Playoffs, you know, well, we already saw this game. Yeah, but did we really? It just feels like this is inevitable right now. I mean, the, the Eagles, they're, they've been hot and cold for a while. The Dallas Cowboys on the road. Mm, I like San Francisco in that one. The Detroit Lions are a year away, I think, from having a, just maybe one or two more pieces on their defense. 49ers are really good. And I don't see anybody anybody beating the Ravens right now. So it might end up being a uh, inevitable, uh, be a hell of a Super Bowl, that's for sure. Uh, Roe coming in, good to see you. Uh, Roe says, Happy New Year. Happy New Year back to you as well. James, good morning. Happy New Year, everyone. Another PR. I'm, I'm assuming PR is Puerto Rico. Is that what the PR is for? Because he says, Happy New Year, everyone, for my homeland. To you as well. Oblivion Empire has joined us. And um, Stephen B. asks again, is a future Falcons quarterback playing today? You got J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, Quinn Ewers, and uh, and Milrow. Maybe. Um, Penix might be the only one of those guys in the draft this year, but that doesn't mean they couldn't be quarterbacks in the future, to your point. So uh, Penix is the only one that could be available. Um I think no matter what you do at quarterback, let's say you make a trade. Let's say you sign Russell Wilson on the cheap. I'm still drafting a guy. I'm absolutely drafting a guy. Um, unless, no, there's pretty much not in a lesson there. If I go for a, a veteran quarterback, I'm, I'm still drafting a guy um, and just stacking the position. The Falcons' talent and their roster is it's a donut right now. There's enough guys there to be a good team with better quarterback play. And notice, I almost always say quarterback play and not a better quarterback because I don't put all of the blame on the personnel, on the quarterbacks themselves. Now, 
can you do better than Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke? Probably. But are they as poor as they've looked this year under Arthur Smith? No. No. I think there's some uh, there's some blame to spread around between the offensive coordinator, uh, Arthur Smith, his assistant, Dave Ragone, and the quarterbacks, uh, Taylor Heineke and, uh, and Desmond Ritter. I looked it up. I made a mistake yesterday on Twitter because I did a, I went to Taylor Heineke's uh, reference page and I had a sort on interceptions and it came up where he'd only had one other inter, three interception game in his career. And he's had 25 starts and it said ATL next to it, but it was actually against ATL. He was playing for the Carolina Panthers threw the ball 52 times and uh, had three interceptions that game in 2018. That's the only other time he's had three interceptions. He's had 25 starts since then. Magically within four games, he's throwing three interceptions and his worst quarterback rating of his career uh, playing for um, Arthur Smith. So I'm not putting it all on just the quarterbacks. Do I think they need a better quarterback? Yes. Do I think they need to change a head coach and offensive coordinator? Yes. Yes, I do. Oblivion Empire, good to see you. He says, I love the show and love how you always show support to the fans. Well, y'all are supporting us. It's, 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 we're not, I'm not here without you. It's why we go live. I want, I want to be here. I love the question and answers. Um, I love the different points of view. You know, I've said before, if, if you're, res, you know, respectful with your take and respectful of my opinion, I'm not going to tell you I'm right when I'm talking about predicting the future, um, you know, is, do I think Justin Fields would have been a better pick than Kyle Pitts? Yes, I do. Does that mean I'm right? No, it doesn't. Would I listen to you explain to me why Kyle Pitts would be a better pick than than Justin Fields for the future with his age? Yeah, I can make that argument too. I'm listening. I'll absolutely listen. Listen to Oblivion Empire. Thank you for the super chat, my friend. Um, appreciate your support of the show. Um, <laughs> Red Tag says, let's hype up the hashtag ASGT, I can't even say all that, man. It's too hard. ASGTG, Arthur Smith has got to go. I think it's, uh, I I like to read body language a little bit. Now, I've been pretty, Arthur Smith's pretty easy. When he came out talking about Calvin Ridley, I wrote up an article. I said, Calvin Ridley is done in Atlanta. Done. He was. Um, when Desmond Ritter came out after that last game, was it the Panthers? I don't remember which that last game was. And he he was sounded like a dead man walking. I'm like, he's done. Heineke's up next. I got that feeling from Arthur Smith yesterday at his press conference, going through the motions, a little bit defiant. This, this, this game next week, you know, we we it wasn't as bad as it looked. We've been in a lot of games, almost like he was trying to dis- explain away give us his resume why he deserves to still stick around i think arthur smith is in big big trouble um because as harry says we can still win the vision and are dumb and dumber so you're telling me there's a chance i asked y'all a long time ago if the falcons eke into this thing at eight and nine would you want arthur smith back let's say the panthers pull off a miracle and beat the buccaneers and the Falcons pull off a miracle and win a road game against the Saints, who just played their best game of the year, and eke into the playoffs at 8-9. and nine. Would you be satisfied? Would you say, yeah, I think we're headed in the right direction? For me, no. Now, you go beat the Saints and eke into the playoffs, backdoor your way into the playoffs, and then win two or three more? I'll listen. Now I'm listening. 
the probability of that happening when you can't beat the Panthers, you can't beat the Bears, you can't beat Washington, uh, it's pretty, pretty poor. Pretty poor. Uh, Red Swarm says, uh, yes, Justin Fields is much better than any of our current quarterbacks. And Joe says, no, Fields is not much better. Yeah, it's it's a polarizing subject. Um, I personally think he's considerably better than Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. But how much better? What would that be worth? I think there's there's questions there. There's I'm not willing to sell the farm for Justin Fields. So it's it's all and, and I want to know who else is available. I don't want that guy under any circumstances. Okay, you'd rather have Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter again next year. I vehemently disagree. You've already got those guys under contract. If those are your two options, and I can have Justin Fields on the cheap, give me Justin Fields. Now, again, you want to talk about fifth year options, contracts. Um, what would it cost in draft draft picks to get him? Then then we'll have that conversation. Who else is available? Would I rather have Fields or Bo Nix for a second, uh, Michael Penix for a second. Um, would I rather have Kirk Cousins come in? Um, I, I'm listening. I am. I'll absolutely listen. Um, and Arch- Archangel says people would be crazy, <laughs> super crazy to want to pass on fields. And, and for me, like I said, it depends on the cost. It, it really does. I'm not, I am not, um, sold completely on Justin Fields where I would say, okay, yeah, at at any given cost where I am of the opinion here. Okay. How, how bad does this sound? Because this is what it's going to cost you. The Falcons are sitting at number nine right now in the top 10. If the jets beat the Patriots and the Falcons lose, they will have, and won't this feel all nice and circular and harmonious. The number eight pick for the third year of Terry Fontenot's and Arthur Smith's tenure. Three straight seven and ten seasons. Three straight number eight picks. That's what we're looking at next year, or next uh, in April. It's going to cost you that number eight pick and probably a 2025 first and a 2026 first. Three first-round picks to get up and get your quarterback of Jaden Daniels, Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams. Three first-round picks for a quarterback of the future or a second and a third conditional for Justin Fields? There's there's questions. I would probably, I would probably ship the three first-round picks. Honestly, I probably would. That's how expensive it is to get your franchise quarterback. I might do that. Um, so there's there's questions. There's a lot of questions to be had over the course of the next January, February, March, three months and change as we get to, and then free agencies in there too. As we get towards the draft, what will they do? Um, Roe coming in saying, Scott Arthur Smith is an okay coach. That's all, nothing special. It's time to move on. Roe, I think Arthur Smith did a great job with an undermanned team to get out there and play hard the last two seasons expectations were different this year. And that was a question we asked at the beginning of the season. Can he do more than just get a bunch of scrappy cast-offs, salary cap cast-offs in the NFL to playing competitive football? And the answer this year was vehemently no. He could not. Uh, There was a ton of money put into this team. There is a ton of draft picks put into this team. This team is set up to win this year. And they got worse. This team is worse than it was last year. 
I said last, I said yesterday, the longer that the quarterbacks play, the worse they look. Maybe it's time to just flip the quarterbacks every single week so they can't get buried under a pile of crap every single week and get worse. It's time to move on. It is absolutely time to move on. Um, again, unless um, two miracles happen next week and then a third and a fourth and the Falcons end up in the NFC Championship game, then Arthur Smith, it's it's time to go. And he's not going to get a lot of help from the media uh, as far as guys carrying his water, trying to write puff pieces on why he should stay because he's been good to them because he, he really hasn't. Um, he really hasn't. Keith Robinson, Happy New Year, Scott. We played good, good Sunday, didn't we? Uh, no, you didn't. Um, the Falcons played really poorly. The defense... The defense looked poor, which has been your your calling card, and the offense was even worse. Um, if not for a well-designed Tyler Algier 75-yard one-play screenplay for a touchdown, you're shut out until the third quarter against the Chicago Bears. That was the only score until the middle of the third. Now, maybe you drive down and kick a field goal. Maybe you don't because the conditions weren't great for kicking, and Young Waku's in a slump right now. So you better punch it into the end zone. And it was the middle of the third, I think, before they got their second points on the board. It was poor. It was poor. Happy New Year's, everyone, from Chris Walker. Disappointing loss. The Falcons still going to Falcon, at least now. Um, was it disappointing? <laughs> was the loss disappointing? I put embarrassing in the, uh, the Falcons were embarrassed. I put that in the title. Was it really disappointing, though? Did you did at some point, Falcons fans, did you find yourself saying, man, this is what we needed. This is what we needed. Get him out of here. You needed this embarrassment to the Chicago Bears who were on a similar track from a team building perspective with salary cap restraints, new coaches, et cetera, et cetera. And one team looks like it's going arrow up and one team looks like it's going arrow down. How disappointed were you? Really? In that loss, was there a part of you that says, good? Was there? Was there a part of you that says, okay, let's look at Tankathon and say, okay, the Falcons are up to number nine. The highest they can get is number eight. Again, again. And, and his arc says, draft picks aren't guaranteed to be great picks. Look at Bryce Young so far. Shoot, look at the Falcons so far. You know, they got, they've got three top 10 picks. Kyle Pitts had one catch for five yards yesterday and I don't know if the snow got in his eyes or what but that first drive uh flea flicker nice pass downfield and then uh Taylor Heineke put one on the money in the end zone and Kyle Pitts didn't even extend his arms I mean he's been getting grief from a lot of directions for a lack of effort that was not a good look from Kyle Pitts the, the effort level on that, it's almost like the ball surprised him. And I kind of joked in the comments yesterday, well, to be fair, you know, he hasn't seen a ball on target when he's been downfield in two years. But that was a bad look for Kyle Pitts. Um, another PR's PR says, are we willing to go through another rebuild when the NFC South is there for the taking? This isn't a rebuild. It's not. It's absolutely not a rebuild. You could have a coach come in here and make it an immediate impact. If you had a quarterback came in, it doesn't even have to be. Uh, now, you could strike gold with with uh, 
you know, CJ Stroud, if you hit a guy and he plays like that, then this is this is a contending playoff team. This ends up being a Matt Ryan rookie season where all you're doing is saying just be a shepherd of this team. And what I think he was 11 and five, maybe his first year. This this team isn't a rebuild. I don't think so at all. Another PR. I, I don't think it is a, a rebuild at all. I think this team is is competent quarterback play away from being NFC South champions. Again, I say competent quarterback play, not just competent quarterback, because I don't put it all on. I don't think changing a quarterback is going to be enough with Arthur Smith still as head coach, offensive coordinator. I don't think you can just change one or the other. I think for this team to be contending next year, and technically speaking, they're contending this year. Um, I, I don't think one. I think you've got to go both. I think you have to get uh, a better quarterback and a better offensive coordinator slash play caller in place. Uh, Row votes for uh, changing the uh, for for trading the three first round picks over, like say a second and a third for Justin Fields. I, I don't know if you'll be able to is also the thing. Now, there's two ways to look at this. Either Justin Fields' price just went up or the Chicago Paris pick is up for grab and that's going to cost a haul. Oh my God, is that going to cost a haul to get to number one this year? The Bears could come out of this thing with five first round picks. They already have two. If they traded down, they could pick up three more. Uh, and end up with five first round picks over the course of the next two, three seasons extra, including their own Washington is sitting at number two right now. They need a quarterback. New England is sitting at number three. They need a quarterback. Arizona Cardinals is now at number four. They are in prime position to say, if they were to hold that spot to say, okay, I want Marvin Harrison jr. If the three of you go quarterback or if, somebody takes Marvin Harrison Jr. above then I'm, I'm trading down for somebody to come give me three first. I mean, that's, that's the trade partner. If, if they decide to keep Kyler Murray and one of those guys, if a quarterback is available at four, there's your trade spot possibly with Arizona, or it's going to cost you more to get Kyler Murray. The New York giants are a little bit questionable. No quarterback there. The chargers, uh, they don't need a quarterback. The Jets at number eight, they will be in the market for a quarterback. Tennessee is probably in the market for a quarterback. Uh, you go to Chicago again, then Vegas, then Minnesota. They need one. Uh, New Orleans probably can't afford one just yet to, to make those trades. They're going to need their draft picks. Uh, as much money as they put into Derek Carr. Denver is going to need a quarterback, but I don't think they'll make a big trade. Um, not after giving up three picks for Russell Wilson. Uh, Seattle could be, I don't, I don't think at 15, they've got enough to move up, but they'll be in the market for a quarterback of the future as, as Chino's getting a little bit older. So it's going to be tough. It is going to be expensive. Um, and, and Stephen B says Chicago would be silly not to ask for more. How about a guy like Drake London? Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, I think that, like I said, Steven, I think the price just went up for Justin Fields. Um, so I'm just saying even, you know, a second and a, and a conditional second, third for Justin Fields, let's talk cost. Let's talk cost. If I'm having to give up a second and Drake London, then no, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, I absolutely don't. Kasim Smith. Good to see you. He says, I'd sign Russell Wilson, draft a second round quarterback and plug all of our other holes. Russell Wilson is going to be pennies on the dollar. His deal offsets. So let's say 
He's got um he's got a forty million dollar dead cap hit next year. He's got it for two years. <laughs> Matt Ryan has the record dead cap hit at like forty point five million. Russell Wilson's going to double that. So they spread that across two years. He's going to have forty two million two years in a row. Whatever they pay, the next team pays Russell Wilson. It just basically goes to the Denver Broncos to offset that cost. That's a, it's it's weird contract language. It doesn't usually happen like that. That's how this one is going to work. So Russell Wilson has zero incentive to help out the Broncos by saying, yes, I want a $10 million contract. Oh, I'm still getting the same amount of money. Why don't you sign me to 1.5 veteran minimum and take that other eight and a half and go get me a, a center or a guard or a, a wide receiver three. Russell Wilson's in play, y'all. He's he's absolutely in play. Um, would he be better than what we saw with Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter for Arthur Smith? Yeah, he would. He he thrives in play action type of offense. He thrives on chaos with broken plays, and the Falcons have been known to let in a little bit of uh, a little bit of chaos. He he thrives in both of those situations. Could absolutely be Kasim. Russell Smith for a million five, Russell Smith, Russell Wilson for uh, a million five. And then you draft a guy in the second round and you use your first round pick on, uh, on that edge or corner, or I have trouble passing over Brock Bowers when he falls to me at nine uh, every once in a while. Now I would be the first one to have complained about that in years past. This years, this isn't years past. This roster is much better in 2024 than it was in 2021 when uh, when we first started doing this together, y'all. Uh, Dave coming in on Facebook. Thank you, Dave. He says, Happy New Year, Scott, and everybody else. That's all, y'all. Um, John Roberts says, Kyle Pitts hasn't been used right. Well, that was part of the reason you couldn't draft him. Uh, he wasn't ready to be used in this team. When you've got a 36-year-old quarterback, a leaky offensive line, and no defense – Taking a tight end is a luxury pick that you couldn't afford to make. Um, but at what point do we start saying maybe he's just not the guy we thought he was as the unicorn, as the best tight end prospect ever when he's getting five targets, one catch for five yards in the third year of his career? Um, his contract is ticking, y'all. It's it's ticking also. Now, um, you will... Uh, his contract is ticking. Now, based on how ridiculous fifth-year options are set up, and this is what I had to do some research and learn, it just made sense to me that the fifth-year option would be slotted the same way as your draft order, but it's not. It's it's The fifth-year option is slotted based on your position, and being that his position is the second cheapest to, uh, to running back, I believe, his fifth-year option, he's earned – there's – there's four tiers in your fifth year option. There's basic, which is one. Most of those guys don't get picked up. There is two, which is playing time bonus, uh, which is a slight percentage. Uh, a lot of those guys will get picked up because they've played. Three is a Pro Bowl, which ends up being about a 10% bump. It ends up being about a $3 million bump. And then four is a second Pro Bowl. So Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase fit into that group. Kyler Pitts, Kyle Pitts, with he was basic, he got the playing time, yes, and he got the Pro Bowl, yes. His fifth-year option is still only $10 million. So he's going to be uh, under contract for the next two seasons with his fifth-year option. But the, the clock is still ticking. We go into year four, 
Don't know what the hell you're doing with head coach. Don't know what the hell you're doing at quarterback. It's uh it's a problem. It's a problem. Um Tim Carter says Fields is a bust. You people are crazy. Uh, I noticed you are in your Georgia gear. So yeah, there's there's a little bias there. I, I get it. There's there's a lot of Georgia fans that don't want anything to do with Justin Fields. Um you say he's a bust, he's crazy, but maybe he is a bust at number you know four overall, number eleven, where I think he went. Is he better than what you got? The answer is yes. What does he cost to get? If he's better than what you got, does he make your team better? If you say no, based on Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke and what we've seen this year, if you say no, Justin Fields does not make your team better, I I, I question that pretty seriously. <laughs> I question that one. What I don't question is John Harrell coming in. John has been working harder than he should to support the show. He says, let's try this again. And he brings in a huge off the top rope, Jimmy Superfly snook a splash. That's an old guy reference. Splash off the top rope. Um, he says, let's try this again. John, thank you so much for the support for the show. Uh, it, it truly means a lot. Coming and hanging out on a uh, on a Monday morning, on a New Year's Day. Happy New Year's Day, everybody. Uh, and, and bringing the support. And again, he... Uh, he got kicked back from YouTube slash Google, and it's important enough to him to show the support, the show that he's actually had to jump through the hoops to do it. So thank you. Um, it's that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, of effort for sure. Um, Ted coming in, good to see you, Ted. He says Pitts is very disappointing to me. Effort just doesn't seem to be there. I think that's the big knock right now. Is and and he's pretty who's one of the best athletes we saw in the city of Atlanta that just did everything and made it look so easy that people questioned his effort? Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones in center field. The difference was Andrew Jones would also have a few of those, oh my God, jaw-dropping plays in center field. Kyle Pitts is a very smooth athlete, and he can cover a lot of ground without looking like he's pumping his arms and his head all over the place. But I think the effort level has been a bit disappointing as well. Um, we can say he's coming off a knee injury. He's not hundred percent. All right. We are about a year after the knee injury and I, it wasn't like a full ACL tear or reconstruction, which can take a year, 18 months for full recovery, but next year. Okay. Year four, I'm, I'm done with the excuses. Either Kyle Pitts takes that leap to be the guy that he was supposed to be in the fourth year. I don't want to hear it anymore. So I'll, I'll listen now. I'll listen now. I've got my doubts. Uh, and I'm, I'm really, I've, I've, I've expressed those before, but uh, it's time. It's, it's time for Kyle Pitts to step up and, and be the guy. Um, Michael Lewitsky, good to see you. Says morning, Scott. Happy new year to you as well. Uh, Brandon Swank says, I'd, I'd rather take Justin Fields and trade up and take a quarterback to sit and learn behind fields. I think, the problem with that, Brandon, is to get Justin Fields, it's going to cost you draft picks. So it's going to be hard to trade for two quarterbacks. If you want to trade up in the draft from nine or eight and up to get into one, two, three, four, I don't think you can go any lower than four and four as a stretch. Your consolation prize at four would be Marvin Harrison Jr., which isn't a bad way to go. Um, talk about possibly the next you know, Julio Jones in Atlanta. I just don't think you can do that for both guys. I think you could go free agent 
You could go Jake Browning, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you could go Russell Wilson. You could go Jacoby Brissett. You could go Drew Locke. But I don't think you can trade for a guy and then trade up. I just think it's going to be too expensive. Um, make you fumble. He says, I'm here. Well, it's good to see you. Uh, the Connect says the Bears record is the same of ours. He doesn't want fields. Um, does not want fields at all. They, it is the same. It is the same. Um, I, I think one of the key differences here is the Bears started 0-4. Uh, Packers at Buccaneers at Chiefs, Broncos. And in their last one, two, seven games, they're 5-2. and two. They've beaten the Panthers. They lost at the Lions in a close game. They beat the Vikings. They beat the Lions. They lost to the Browns in a close game. They beat the Cardinals. And then they beat the Falcons handily. Well, that's not exactly murderer's row, Scott. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But the Falcons lost to the Panthers. They lost to the Lions. They lost to the Vikings. They lost to the Cardinals. <laughs> the Falcons have the tiebreakers in all of the uh, draft picks. Right now, they could switch with, with New York Jets. Well, Scott, they, they beat the New York Jets. Why don't they have the tiebreaker? The tiebreaker is strength of schedule. The Falcons have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Again, again, it's the third year in a row. Why do the Falcons keep picking ahead of all those other teams that have the same record? Because their schedule has been the easiest schedule. And they're still staring at their third consecutive seven and ten. This, this, I don't say this with hyperbole. I don't try and exaggerate on this when I say this is the probably the easiest Falcon schedule we'll ever see. Probably the easiest one we will ever see. And they've gone backwards. They've, uh, they've gone backwards. Um, let me see. I want to go back down through here a little bit, uh, as we're going through some of the, the commentary, you know, uh, Michael or, Pitts is catching some strays, uh, and he he's he's earned some. He has. I'd like to see a little bit. Uh, it's it's time, you know. I'll listen to the defenders for Kyle Pitts. I'll I will echo some of those concerns that I have with the quarterback play, the offensive coordinator injury. Okay, okay, okay. Year four, it's time. Well, he was really good with with Kyle with uh, with Matt Ryan. He was. Um, that's something to hang your hat on. And if you decide to move him, hopefully you can get something back out of him. Michael Corietti. Good morning, everybody. Arthur Smith's got to go. He's got to go. I don't want Kyler. I don't want Fields. I don't want Kyle Unicorn Pitts anymore. A unicorn would have made that catch and hoping we get Cousins. The problem with Cousins, one, is the injury concern. Two, um, what makes the most sense for him is to go back to Minnesota. Um, that So I think he's going to be tough. Boy, he would have been hell this year, though. Um, the Falcons, Falcons are absolutely in the playoffs if uh, if he's if he's playing, uh, you know, ten games for Atlanta. They're they're in the playoffs. But an old guy coming off an injury, an expensive expensive old coming off an injury that that scares the bejesus out of me. And I think he's going to get enough money from Minnesota to scare off anybody else. Russell Webster, Happy New Year! Can't wait for your senior bowl videos this year. I'm looking forward to it, Russell. Uh, I rented the camera. Booked the hotel, booked a rental car. Um, I'll be down there for uh, for three days at the end of the month, and I will start popping the videos out while I am down there. Should be a good crew down there. Uh, I have a lot of fun. Just hope for the good weather. That's what I'm looking for. Hope for the good weather. 
Uh, Dave says, good morning, Scott, and happy new year, everybody. I'm going slow through these comments. I'm not going to be able to get to everybody, y'all. I look at the timestamp on this, and it's 9.15, so I'm 30 minutes behind on your comments. Um, it, I'm trying to say hello to a lot of people while solo in the show, so uh, I might just scroll down and get some of the more recent comments because, like, dude, you talked about that 30 minutes ago. I know, I know. Um, here's one of my... Uh, Daniel McLawhorn's come in with a, uh, it feels like a newer name, so welcome in. Comes in with a comment, he says, Arthur Smith's never had a top 20 quarterback. Um, not with Atlanta. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was. Ryan Tannehill ended up like top seven, top six in quarterback rating with his, uh, the year before Arthur Smith got the job, and that's one of the reasons he got the job. But when Arthur Smith is basically co-general manager of this team, he does not get a pass for the state of who his quarterback is when he's the one shopping for groceries. He doesn't. He is culpable on that. I have railed pretty much every episode we've ever done. I've taken, we're over, or almost like at 200 episodes. I've taken a shot at Thomas Dimitrov. Mike Smith and... uh Dan Quinn had a different relationship than Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith is basically co-general manager. It's his decision who's out there. He's He's got his hands in the cookie jar when it comes to this team building. Now, you can say, okay, well, if that's true, then he's done pretty good in all the other positions. I, I agree. But he's also the offensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator and play caller needs to be fired. Period. He, he needs to be fired. Uh, no other way around that one. That one I will not hedge on. Um, let me see here. But he's he's culpable in that for sure. Um, <laughs> Why City Hector says, see y'all later this year because it's over with the team. Enjoy the rest. We got draft coming up, man. Uh, we got all kinds of good stuff and free agency. You know, Arthur Smith and some. we got some money coming up. I mean, think of, the, think of how well the Falcons did in free agency this year. And still stunk, and they're still staring at 710. Jesse Bates was a hit. David Onyamata was a hit. Caden Ellis was a hit. Calais Campbell was a hit. Bud Dupree was a hit. Defense was a hit. Now, they still lacked that big time pass rusher who wasn't available in the offseason, not through draft, uh, not through free agency. They need to go after that guy again this year. And if you have to stack up defensive linemen in order to do it, so be it. But there's lots of stuff going on, man. Don't leave now. This is the fun part. At least it was for me growing up in the 80s, you know, when the Falcons lost every single year except 1980. Lance Rendar says, hey, Scott, and happy new year. All this regime has sadly failed and doesn't deserve to ruin an incoming quarterback, whether rookie, free agency, or trade. I think that's where a lot of people stand. You know, it's, I just said, fire the offensive coordinator and play caller. Okay. Keep the head coach. Let's say Dave Dave Ragone gets sacrificed, and the quarterback is thrown under the bus, and you go and trade. Do you do you trust Arthur Smith with a rookie quarterback? I do not. I do not want Arthur Smith with a rookie quarterback. I could come up with if I was a better you know freestyle rapper, I'd do some uh, I'd do some green eggs and ham on. I do not want it on a Sunday. I do not want it on a Monday on Arthur Smith and. Um, a rookie quarterback. I do not. So Lance, I'm I'm here with you. I'm I'm absolutely here with you. And that's why I think it's I think Arthur Smith is in big trouble next Monday, January 8th. Black Monday. I think 
he is in trouble. Um, I want to scroll down. Actually, I'm going to scroll all the way to the bottom and start working my way up just a little bit so I can get some of the more recent comments and some folks that have come in. We've got almost 200 people watching right now, so welcome in on New Year's Day. Happy New Year's. If this is your first time in, hit that subscribe button and make sure you know when we go live. We go live Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on these channels. Appreciate you uh, you being here. Um, and C-Double is in here. He says, good to see you, C-Double. So Arthur Smith has regressed. The man hasn't got a leg to stand on. Exactly. Uh, my best friend sent me a text. Um, I think it was Evan Birchfield that he sent me. And Evan was saying something along the lines of, uh, you know, the problem I have with Arthur Smith is he hasn't scored enough points. And, you know, the offense hasn't been good enough. The problem I have with Arthur Smith is all of these resources being poured into his offense. And they've gotten worse. They've gotten worse over the last two seasons to year three. You've got three skill players in the top 10 for the first draft picks for the first time in NFL history, mostly because most teams aren't drafting in the top 10 three years in a row. But they did, and they took three skill players, wide receiver, tight end, running back, for the first time in history, in NFL history. You've got arguably the best offensive lineman in the NFL at right guard. You have Caleb McGarry at right tackle, who you just re-upped via free agency on a second contract. You've got PFF's top five center and Drew Dahlman. That's arguable. I'll, I'll get that one. You just spent a second round pick on rookie Matt Bergeron. Rookies can play on the interior line and he's been adequate. You've got the Iron Man himself over there at left tackle. You've got Cordero Patterson, the ultimate X factor. And you've got worse. Didn't matter if it was Desmond Ritter, quarterback. Didn't matter if it was Taylor Heineke. This offense has regressed. That's a fireable offense. Now, can you throw your offensive coordinator under the bus and get a new quarterback? Maybe. Maybe. I'm uh, I'm kind of hoping the answer is no, though, is uh, is what I'm hoping. I, I'm hoping that Arthur Smith... Would you want to come in as an offensive coordinator under Arthur Smith after taking his job? Would you want that? As a young offensive coordinator whose job is, I'm on my way up, would, would I want that job? No. I would not. If I was in a position to take the next step in my career to be an offensive coordinator somewhere, that means I'm doing a good job where I am. I would stay where I am before I would come be an offensive coordinator for a guy that basically just had his was just kneecapped. I would that's how I would think. Isaiah Anderson Good to see you. This is, feels like a newer name, too. He says, Smith is not a motivator. He's too analytical, and he isn't a good head coach that will drive this team to win. We need a coach who can teach Desmond Ritter and Heineke. Smith has not developed them proper. Isaiah, I'm, I'm not sure that they can be developed into a high-ceiling quarterback. That's that's for me. There's, I think there's this fallacy in thought where I see from fans like, well, we never developed that guy. We didn't spend enough time on that guy. We gave him up too early. That's under the assumption that on a long enough time lay, they will reach the promised land of being a franchise quarterback. Most don't. And it's not because they gave up on him too early. It's just because they were not good enough. I'm on the it's not good enough for those guys. It's time to invest properly in the quarterback position in 2024. That's where I am. Everything else, it drives me nuts to hear Arthur Smith explain why so-and-so didn't get the ball. Why did Kyle Pitts have one target? Well, we saw some things. They were taking some subs away, so we went in a different direction. Man, dictate. I, 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 don't, 
I don't build an offense to react to the defense. I build an offense to dictate, to go after guys, to impose my will. Now you're going to have different matchups now and then, that's for sure. But do you think, do you think Matt Eberflus went into this game yesterday against the uh, against a, a good Falcons defense and said they're going to try and take DJ Moore away? Let's go in another direction. Or do you think they said let's let's find ways to get DJ Moore the ball? And you know, a pretty good way to get a, a wide receiver the ball is to get him an open running lane on a crossing route for forty yards. No one short of Deion Sanders is making is covering that guy on a free release on a forty yard crossing route. That's pitch and catch, man. That's that was uh, that was Ryan Nielsen's done some great work, but they ate his lunch yesterday with with DJ Moore. Um, let me see here. We got some more supers coming in. Actually, I missed a couple too. So let me, let me jump on those. Um, Archangel coming in with a super says, who are we picking? If we're not able to land a quarterback in the first round, uh, Kirk Russell Fields or Murray after that game in Philly yesterday, I think the cheapest option, which means you might have the most competition might be Russell Wilson. I think Kirk goes back to the Vikings. Fields will be available. He's going to have some competition. Murray. We'll see. It's going to be fascinating archangel this offseason what's going to happen with the quarterback position and and again the chicago bears are the most intriguing team in the nfl with what they decide to do i still think they probably make the trade i do um it's just the idea of resetting your cost control of your quarterback for the next five years and picking up some really good draft picks but if they decide i, I think they've They've probably seen the ceiling of Justin Fields and think they can upgrade with a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. Most people can't. Well, Scott, why would you want the Bears cast off? Because he's he might be the best available quarterback you can get. That's why. The top of the show, I said, would I rather have Jaden Daniels or Justin Fields? Jaden Daniels. Can I get to Jaden Daniels? Probably not. So who are we picking? Ah, man, if you go veteran again, Archangel, I think you've got to go um, a day two pick. Go after a guy like Penix. Go after a guy like Bo Nix uh, if they're still there in the second round and then get a veteran as well. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating. And the first domino needs to fall next Monday. It, it, there needs to be a, an announcement that the Falcons have moved on from Arthur Smith after three consecutive seven and ten seasons. Hundred something million dollars in free agency, three three straight top ten picks in the draft, and a third consecutive seven and ten season. That's what I think. Uh, Oblivion Empire coming in with a super. He says, "I don't think Kyle Pitts trusts the quarterbacks because the ball is usually thrown behind him or usually a bad ball. Get a new quarterback and then play like he used to, like you said. Yeah, there's. I, I agree. In fact, I, I said it along. You know, he's." not looking for that ball because he never gets it. And when you are a wide receiver pass catcher and you're constantly running routes and constantly not getting the ball, no, one, you start getting a little gassed. I was playing flag football one time. And, uh, you know, this is flag versus NFL. I get it. These are professionals. I know. But hell, I was a soccer player. I could run all day. And it was like, okay, we're trying to just kill the clock. You know, I'm playing out wide. Scott, clear the zone. Just basically run deep and take a corner slat safety with me. After about four of those, I said, you clear the damn zone. I'm tired. You're not throwing me the ball. I'm doing something else. So 
again, I will listen to the Kyle Pitts arguments this year. Next year, I need to see it or I'm done. I'm, I'm, I need to see something from Kyle Pitts. Otherwise, I'm, we're going to have to put a B word next to his name. For the number four, for the unicorn, he will be been a bust. If we don't start getting anything, he will have been a bust for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust on the NFL. He's young. I think he's 23. He's young. But the Falcons are running out of time on his contract. That's what's a little bit scary. Greg Elrod coming in with a super chat. Thank you, my friend. It'll be embarrassing if we beat the Saints and Tampa loses and we back into the playoffs. I would rather have it than not, but I still want change. I would still want change if I'm the Atlanta Falcons. If you eke your way in at eight and nine and eke your way into the playoffs on this schedule with this many bad losses. I mean, where are we t- again, I, I can pull up Tankathon and go through these teams. These are the teams in order of where they are drafting based on how bad they are. That's how the draft works. Carolina Panthers, loss. They're number one. Number two, Washington Commanders, you lost. Number three, didn't play the Patriots. Number four, Arizona Cardinals, you lost. You lost to three of the top four drafting teams in the NFL. <clears throat> number seven. Tennessee, you lost. Number 10, Bears. Say it with me. You lost. It's five losses from teams drafting in the top 10. Come on, man. You can't have it. You just can't. What's the hashtag again? Arthur Smith has got to go. Arthur Smith's got to go, y'all. It's It's got to happen. Uh, Oblivion Empire says, I kind of want Ben Jones because we have built the same offense. Ben Jones was a center in Tennessee, um, lacking the quarterback plays. Ben Jones, I don't think he signed anywhere this year. And I don't think, I think he's done. I think it's uh, with health reasons, the way that man played, I don't think he will play football again. Um, After a year out, he might get that itch and say, I want to go one more time. I just feel like he's retired and God bless him for it because his injuries have been concussions. Um, They've been head injuries and I want him to be safe, happy and healthy when he's in his forties and fifties and sixties and seventies. So a Ben Jones type would be great, but I don't, I don't want to see Ben Jones back in the NFL. I covered him with it when he was in high school, he was one of the great stories. He's, he was coming from this nowhere little town in Alabama, and he just waddles up, pigeon-toned, pigeon-toed, round body, doughy face. This guy, really? And he just went and whipped everybody's ass you put in front of him for six years. In high school, at Georgia, he gets to the Combine. I was I was covering the Combine that year, and he was there. And some of the, the beat writers I worked with for teams were like, that guy, really? Just watch him play, man. Just watch him play. Uh, ben Jones was awesome. He's a great story. Um, we are down to, we're up to 53 minutes already. So we got to go a little long today. Uh, as Maurice says, good to see you, Maurice. So the Falcons go to the playoffs, they're going to get embarrassed. They probably play it fairly close. Um, who would you get right now? You get the Rams, you get the Seahawks, you get the Packers again, or you get the Eagles. You'd be in trouble. You'd be in big trouble. Um, and Jamal Young says, we hired an offensive coordinator. All he had to do was give the ball to Derrick Henry in his prime, and we wonder why he can't scheme Pitts or London open. Uh, this is a um, 
this is a good point. I wanted to hit on this earlier. Um, so I might finish with this one on Bijan Robinson. We talked about the expectations for Bijan Robinson. And if you're going to take him an eight, what would you be your expectations? And frankly, he's met them except for maybe touchdowns. I said, you need about 1500 yards from scrimmage. He's at 13 right now. He's at 13 and change yards from scrimmage. And I think I looked him up. He's got maybe five or six touchdowns. So you'd like to have a few more touchdowns. Um, you would like to have a few, um, a few more touchdowns, but he's on pace for 1500 yards. He's met the expectations of what you want when you took him that high. And it still feels like he's being underused, doesn't it? So give him a pass on that one. Cause Bijan gets his touches. Tyler Algier is a really good back. Um, I think they have been used together well. I have no problem there, um, except for sometimes it's a little too obvious, and Bijan just happens to be good enough that he can still make way. But Bijan Robinson has been uh, has been solid. Was he the right pick? Maybe, uh, maybe. Um, Roy Freeman says, if we stick with Terry Fontenot, we're going to get another first-year head coach and more in experience. It's hard to get experienced coaches. Um, they usually have jobs, and um, Oblivion Empire comes in and says, I meant Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator from the Lions, not Ben Jones, autocorrect. Yeah, makes more sense. <laughs> um, ben Johnson is going to be a very, very highly coveted offensive uh, head coach next year. But most coaches do come from the coordinator ranks. Um, even if they were former head coaches, I mean, who's the top former head coach out there right now? Dan Quinn. As far as uh, as far as guys you could go and hire, uh, I would love to see Ben Johnson as the head coach in with Atlanta. And I, I, I've told our Detroit Lions fans that are on, on our channel, I'm like, enjoy him while you've got him because he's doing a great job, and you will lose him. That's just the way it works. Um. So that's where, uh, that's where I would, uh, I would, he'd be my number one pick right now too. Um, and Todd says, I disagree. Uh, Scott Smith has not managed, uh, the running backs well at all. Um, okay. I get that. Um, you know, when you start dealing with some health issues and stuff, uh, and again, when I'm looking at, uh, let me, what are, what are the final stats for Atlanta Falcons? Um, Atlanta Falcons ref that's 2023. Cause I looked this up this morning and, um, again, you got Bijan who's going to be close to 1500 yards from scrimmage. That's about what our expectations were at the beginning of the season. Cause he's at 950 and 400. That's 1350 give or take with seven touchdowns. So he's on pace for 1500 yards and call it eight or nine touchdowns. That was my expectation at the beginning of the season. When you take a guy number eight expectations met Tyler Algier 659 yards his average dropped almost by a yard and a half 659 yards and now with that 75 he doubled his his um yardage last last uh his receiving yardage yesterday uh he's up to call that 650 and 159 about 900 so we're pushing 2500 yards of uh from scrimmage from those two I think you've gotten what you've it's it's the, when you get them though, you know, there's too many three and outs and then there's big plays and then there's grinded out 14 play drives where it's just one guy and the other one happens to be sitting on the bench. But 
overall, if I look at the numbers and I get the usage, the eye test tells you that Bajan's not getting used enough. Tyler's getting run into the line of scrimmage too much. Bajan's only running wide and Tyler's only running out the middle. I, I get that. I'm just talking about overall playing time. And at the end of the season, numbers I think are pretty good. I think uh, they're they're pretty close to what we were expecting at the beginning of the season. Um, let me see. I saw what was probably some stars coming in. Um, and then we've been moving so fast. It's been a lot of fun. We are at 200 concurrence right now. So we got 200 viewers. It was probably uh, Raymond Stone coming in. If you came in with some stars, we certainly appreciate it. Um, he says, we need a uh, head coach. We can't go into force, the fourth season with coming off another losing season. I, I agree. Um, I agree, Raymond, and thank you for the support. And Kenneth, Double K comes in. He says, uh, Arthur Smith will be back by blank. Um, and Smith will trade away a lot of our draft picks for Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry. Fans don't just understand a guru like Smith. Ryan Tannehill will be cheap, uh, dirt cheap. Derrick Henry won't cost a lot either, but I don't think Derrick Henry's coming. I know that was kind of tongue-in-cheek. Um, we talked about veteran quarterbacks. God, the, the Falcons fans are going to riot. They're going to riot if it ends up being uh, Ryan Tannehill. Um, on that note, I am going to get out of here. We are right at an hour. I thank you so much for coming in. Um, I will check back, and if you gave stars and I didn't get to your comment, I'll make that up to you. I promise. It's a little bit harder to to, to look at both screens when uh, when I'm by myself on this one. Um, but I do want to say thank you to Oblivion Empire, to John Harrell, to Archangel. Oblivion Empire came in twice, to uh, three times actually, the hat trick, and Greg Elrod for coming in for it with the super chats. It means a lot. Uh, we got one more game against the Saints, and. It won't matter a bit other than, you know, just kind of beating the Saints if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take care of business against Carolina Panthers. Scoreboard watching, the Panthers could end up shocking the Buccaneers and the Falcons could end up shocking the Saints and the Falcons could back their way into the playoffs at eight and nine. And it would still feel a little disappointing. The season overall would still feel a lot disappointing. Hey, once you're in, now win three and let's let's get it. Let's get excited again. But I'm looking towards the NFL draft. I'm looking towards free agency. I'm looking towards potential head coaches. We will see what happens. I think this time in a week, we might be waiting for that announcement on Black Monday. We'll talk about the possibilities after the game. And then we'll talk about how quickly could we see this happen when we go live at 9 o'clock on Monday morning on January 8th. Until then, we will be back on Wednesday, January 8th. Nick will be back with us. We'll be back. Any questions, make sure you get them, get them ready, get them coming. It's kind of monologuing a bit today, but we will uh, we'll, we'll have questions, answers, playoff implications, draft, free agency, salary cap, all that kind of good stuff. I appreciate everybody for being here, spending New Year's morning with me. I hope y'all had a safe and healthy and happy New Year's Eve. We'll see you next time. Happy New Year, y'all.